Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Look at that, we're live. <laughs> we are live. It is the world famous Cheeky Jaguar experience each and every Sunday on our big broadcast. We have got today Super Soaker. We have Sean D. Gorilla and Very Alora. Along with Big Hooks, who, by the way, is not a pro wrestler. He is a rapper. He's, oh, he's a rapper. Have you seen this commercial? (laughs) I watch the Pluto TV. uh, And there is a commercial for this this card. Uh, In fact, we'll do this. We're going to get the great John Mosier in here. We're going to get the great Jaybird Wells in here. We're gonna call all these people. I don't have Super Soaker's uh, gimmick, but I will find the gimmick and we will get it going because, uh, well, it's Sunday and you gotta have gimmicks. Because what would a Sunday be without gimmicks? Um, it, just the way it is. But uh, as as I was getting ready to insult the Asian community. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there is a there is an ad on uh, Pluto TV that they run for this thing called GoodRx, where they give you this. It's a card, and you can save money on your prescriptions and all sorts of other nonsense. And uh, I was watching this the I was watching this commercial. They had all this craziness on there. All these different people talking about, you know, well, I saved this and I saved that. If you just, if you just did uh, better medical care, we could not have this good RX thing. But I digress. <laughs> we, uh, there was this, uh, there's this Asian woman in the ad, and she is your typical Asian woman. She goes, "Oh, I saved a lot of money." I'm like, "What in the world did they do this on purpose?" But uh, <laughs> reminded me of the great Johnny Kim. So, um, okay. Now, now, now that I've now that I've done my 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 run to insult the Asian community, um, we have got to find. Uh, in fact, I'm going to send him. What is your Skype? Which I just I I, I don't know why I even type things because <laughs> I have no clue how to spell ninety percent of the time. But uh, today, what's your digits? <laughs> Today on this program, we have got uh, Sean D. Gorilla, who is a uh, author, um, Barry Alora, which is a band, Big Hooks, not the wrestler. He's a uh, he. He was a hooker. His mother was a hooker. No, um, he he's a rapper. And then we are going to be talking to the porn producer, Super Soaker. So uh, <laughs> we are going to go into. <laughs> That's good. 
good. I'm glad that popped Jay. That's 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 part of the fun of this program is is to get, is to pop Jay. So uh, we at least nobody's popping me right now. We at least got that done. Um, so I'm waiting on Sal the Sal Shooter the Super Soaker to send me a. Uh, to send me a, uh, a DM, as the kids like to say on the old Twitter machine. Um, you can follow him at Sleepy Smurf number six. Yes, Sleepy Smurf number six. He is quote unquote the smartest or the smurfest and the mostest load male talent, and he is from Tadpool Triple X Studio, and he's a production assistant over there. Whatever the hell that means. So. Um, we will get that all figured out. And then, quick little programming note, we will not be here next Sunday because me and Jay and Andrew Duncan and Chris Ortiz and unfortunately Brittany, not unfortunately for us, but unfortunately for her mother, um, are going to be uh, coming back from Topeka. <laughs> and uh, we will be up there covering the uh, very first MMA event, Bare Knuckle um, Paging our friend. I can't get into it because we still have legal issues. But um, oh, we'll get into it once I can. Once I can. Once I can speak freely, we will get into that. But uh, bare knuckle MMA boxing. Oh, there will be boxing, uh, and uh, I believe kickboxing because I think Jake Lindsay is going to be kickboxing, which is always fun because I like Jake Lindsay. Him and his leech treatment that he always talks about. Um. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> we've got John, we've got Jay, and uh, what else do you really need on a Sunday? Um, earlier today, uh, I, I, I was a uh, witness to uh, Jay Birdwell's marking out, I guess you would say, to Ryanito. Uh, she was, she was spending, uh, she, she had the biggest smile on her face for 20 minutes. I, uh, I, I don't know what that was about. I, I think she was perving out on him, which is strange because he's a white guy. Um, I always thought she perved out on black dudes, but, uh, <laughs> you know, she perved out on the porn star from last week. Remember? He oh, yes. White? Yes. He was white. God, so let's uh, not talk about him. I'm going to get wet. Wow! With perspiration, as the Rock would say. <laughs> so, that's that's I'm feeling moist. <laughs> so uh, let's see. I've got this. says every time they read one of Jiggy's tweets. Uh, I'm feeling moist. This is the content. What? Okay. Well, let's do this. Let 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 me try to figure this out. I've got to try to. Uh, all this technology. Why can't we just go back to the time? <laughs> no. <laughs> just... No. No. Uh, Michael Nagy sent me a message today. He was like, "How are the riots there in Kansas?" There are none. <laughs> There are no riots. And he goes, well, they're burning Philadelphia on the ground. I'm like, okay. That's Philly. These are the same people that brought you ECW. Why would you expect anything less? (laughs) People will go into a Walmart and there'll be people in masks and people without masks. You know, so... (laughs) 
I'm like, why would you expect anything else? And... Okay, you so... kind of like dropped off real quick, Jay, you know? What? What? Your hair looks really nice, Jay. Okay, well, he's going to have to Skype. He's going to have to skip Skype me. Because I... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. But, um... So Tadpole is supposed to join us as soon as he can add me on Skype, I guess. Or I can call him, but I don't, I don't want to call him. I want to... <laughs> I don't understand! We've been doing Skype calls for three months nonstop. People are still wanting to do things on the telephone. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, at this point... It's 2020. The telephone should not be should not be used exclusively for radio interviews. Um, we should get rid of that rule of the what is it? The uh, I'll be th oh, the cable company says they'll be there between eight and five. Um, <laughs> things like this. It's like eight and five. Shouldn't you? Uh, you got a smartphone. All you got to do is text me and say I'm on my way over. In fact, when we got the air conditioning fixed uh, last week, that's what we did. We we had them send us a text. They were like, "Well, we're on our we're going to be over there sometime Wednesday morning," and I'm like, "No, <laughs> you can tell me when you're coming." So that was when they sent me a message like, "Oh, okay. Well, we'll, we'll be there at like ten o ten thirty or ten o nine or whatever." Okay, where is this? I guess I'm just going to have to call Tadpole, which is just not going to be what I want to do. I want to do the old skip Skype. I guess what I could do is just send a message randomly to uh, Tadpole people. on. Uh, I'll just type in Tadpole on Skype, and I'll just send everybody on Skype who's who identifies as Tadpole uh, a message. So that's what I'm going to do. And uh, we are going to, uh, you know, I did that what one. If they, what if they don't, you know. What if they don't understand or what if they all call back at the <laughs> really same time? Really bad there, Jiggy. They call back at the same time. They all what call back. They're like gender fluid tadpoles. Gender fluid tadpoles. You don't know. Well, that too. Let's see. I'm using tadpoles laptop and Skype. I Very think this is the thing. info. Okay, well, I don't know what that is, so we're just... He's sending me content media external file? What does that even mean? Oh, my lord, this is not this hard. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll just call the guy. We'll just, we'll just do it that way. I mean, I figured it out. else couldn't say. You, 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 you were able to figure it out. Nagy's figured it out. Everybody's figured it out. It's like, what? why can't... Uh, I can't this 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 super soaker character figure it out. So I will just call him on the old uh, the old traditional telephone. We'll just do it that way. Um, that or I'll interview Peter for fifteen minutes, which won't go much because he doesn't talk much. But uh, we are Bumblebee. You've interviewed well. She did. She did interview Bumblebee, the Transformers character, at uh, <laughs> at a Comic Con. So there is <laughs> there is that. So, uh, let's see here. Let's just do this. Uh, let's call this guy and see what happens. And if I've got to, I'll just put a photo up of him on the old, ooh, the old Facebook. 
as Johnny Kim would say. So, have you guys seen any good movies lately? <laughs> That's awesome. Just trying to help fill time. Just trying to fill time till 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 the super soaker picks up the horn here. We'll see if he picks uh, up the hello? horn. Hey, can you hear us, sir? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. I tried to find you on uh, Skype, and I gonna find nothing. So okay. I just called you. So All right. I, um, yeah, I just uh, typed your uh, name in, and it says waiting for Jiggy Javar to accept invitation. Oh, hold on, hold on. I gotta move the old Peter okay. man here so I can get in here because that would be awesome if we could get you on Skype. Hey, look, okay. there it is. I added every single person named Tadpole, which was inter- interesting and entertaining. Uh-huh. But uh, and 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 maybe all of them will call me back at some point, and we'll do it, and we'll just do like a uh, we'll, we'll, tadpole we'll, special. We'll, we'll do a tadpole special here. Uh, okay, I'm gonna hang up with you and call you back on Skype. So I will be with you here in uh, a couple seconds, as soon as I can. And Skype to get moved on here. There we go. Okay, bang. He's gone. And we will then... Uh, now, as as, uh, as as someone at one time told me, he's like, he's gone. So now we can talk about him. But, um... No. <laughs> okay, Peter's got to come this way. Because that is... You're in my way, bud. Okay, so, you know, we used to have the Peter cam so people could see just exactly kind of the nonsense I would go through on a Sunday here. But um, it's either that or Emmy knocking down the green screen. I would probably name it the cat cam. It's a hell of a deal. Well, the Peter cam and this show, yeah. yeah, I I would go with the cat cam because cam sounds a little bit risky. Peter cam, no, no, no. Oh, it's a cat, okay. Okay, let's see here. What in the world is going on here? Well, we're going to do this. I'm going to just do this. Because that's, that's not working. So we're just going to do this. We are going to go in. And we are going to add Tadpole. And we are going to go back in. Do-do, as they say. Do-do. I cannot believe we're doing this live on the air. No, actually, I can't believe that we're doing this live on the air. Because that's how it happens here. You ring the group, the group comes back. Is that how that works? I'm the only person in the group, according to this thing. So we'll see what happens if everybody pops back in. Because we had to we had to go in with the old Skip Skype, the old Skype Rooney, and we had to do all sorts of shenanigans. Hello. And I think we've got our I think we've got our tadpole or our super soaker, whichever it is. Uh and uh we are back live here on our big broadcast. And uh so we have a great guest joining us today here on our program, Sal Shooter, the Super Soaker. How are you, sir? Hey, pretty good. 
So, uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, what you do, because you, 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 you are, quote-unquote, a production assistant. What does a production assistant do in the world of adult film? Uh, a little bit of everything. Uh, hey Sal, I've got a quick question for you. Do you have um earbuds or headphones or something you can plug in to the to the laptop or whatever you're using there for Skype so we can hear you a little bit better? And you can hear okay. us a little bit better? Because yeah. there's like this weird thing that is... I can see you. Uh, if you could like plug some headphones in so we could hear you a little bit better. And that would cut down on the feedback on your end and all sorts of shenanigans. It would make everything so much better. Yeah, because of that. <laughs> I love that. It's like this feedback loop. It's like a never-ending feedback loop there. Okay, I can hear you. Do you have headphones that you can plug in? Yes. Not at the moment. Because it would get rid of that feedback loop that we have where I talk and then we hear you and then there's it goes back, 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 back and forth. It's technology and I can't stand it. But if you could do that, that would that would cut down, I think, on everything. Okay. If you could just plug that in, it's, I don't know. It's, like I said, it's technology, and a lot of times I just cannot stand technology. All right. But I think we've got the feedback loop taken care of. So, okay. uh, so Sal, tell us a little bit about how you got started as, uh, in the business that you're in, my friend. Um, you mean the first uh, production or just in general? Just in general, oh, my can't. friend. Okay. Um, actually, it was kind of by mistake. <laughs> I was uh, never planning to get into the business, but honest. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was just. Uh, it was never even on my mind. You know how some people have uh, their dreams of being. Oh, I want to be a big porn star. I want to. Be, oh yeah. Have sex with you know regular uh, hot women. I, I that was never on my mind. I <laughs> was kind of past that level of my life. <laughs> That's great. Really? Yeah, yeah. Dream about becoming a porn star? That's awesome. No, I was, I, yeah, I was, I was not. I was just not at all. <laughs> I was just living my regular life, actually. Um, the funny thing is, uh, in my early years, I was working in a, I ended up working in a strip club in my early oh, 20s. There you go. Yeah. And um, this was actually the first time I've ever been in a strip club when I went to apply to be a the front desk uh, guy who takes the money. Um, at the time, the strip club, um, I'm from Chicago, the strip club was in Chicago, they had a porn store inside uh, the club. And I didn't notice at the time, and I ended up uh, running pretty much the store after a few years. Wow. And so I was nice. just around porn every single day. 
<laughs> literally watching it, ordering it, you know, selling it, you name it. <laughs> we have got uh, that's when I first, uh, a great guest started, for this uh, meeting uh, the porn stars because they would have uh, some porn stars come in. And so, you know, I started meeting some of them and just interacting with them. And it just became like an every day thing. People would always ask, oh, we say, oh, you got, you must be the luckiest guy in the world. You, <laughs> everybody was just like, you can have the greatest job. It's just a regular job. I mean, it's just after a while, it's just the same old thing. That's awesome. We have got Sal Shooter, the Super Soaker, with us today, which, by the way, we love that name. And uh, <laughs> he is, uh, according to his Twitter profile, which is always great, he is the Smurfist with the <laughs> Mostest Load, which is great. Uh, I hope there's a T-shirt somewhere. Um, <laughs> he is uh, he's also a studio uh, production assistant for... Uh, Tadpole Triple X Studio, and uh, he joins us today here on the old Skip Skype, the old Skyperoni. And uh, so, Tadpole Studios, how did how did you get involved with these folks? Oh, uh, again, that was uh, by pure chance. <laughs> it was a point where um, I uh, met a guy who was actually the CEO of uh, Tadpole Studios, whose name is Ted. And he, uh, we used to attend these swinger parties and gangbang parties. These are private. These weren't filmed. Oh, yeah. And so uh, we would, I was going up for, for years. It's basically just something I would do um, from some of the people I've met over the, over the years of, the, you know, the lifestyle. And uh, we just started talking one day, and we just were, would see each other at these parties all the time. And uh, just one day, uh, I'm going to say, in, um, December of uh, 2018, he decided to. Hey, I want to start becoming a porn director. I want to be. I want to start a company. Wow! And I was like, oh, you know, he was my friend. I was like, okay, whatever. I, <laughs> to me, I thought he was just. It was something. I thought it was a joke at first, uh, but then he started filming. Uh, he filmed the scene at one of the parties with uh, one of the ladies who wanted to. Uh, because not a lot of people in these uh, gangbang parties would allow you to shoot. I mean, they're private people; they don't. Oh want yeah. Anybody knowing? Yeah. But uh, there was there was one uh one lady who didn't care. She was like, "Fine." So he filmed that, and um, it wasn't a very long clip, and uh, it was put up to a Pornhub. Uh, her name was uh Nicolette Wet Wetton, and um, yeah, it was on Pornhub, and it started getting views. Wow. And he was like, "Oh wow, this is maybe this is something that's actually we can do." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's great. Well, you know, w w with all my years in, in TV, even though, according to some folks in Florida, I don't have any TV experience. Um, <laughs> uh, I have, you know, seen a lot of this stuff with, with you guys in the porn industry, and I always think big. I always go, oh, my God, we need to have 30 lights and 20 cameras and all this stuff and a, and a boom mic guy and all this stuff. And then I talk to you guys, and you're like, ah, he just filmed this clip on his phone, put it up on him. So <laughs> I love the, uh, the, the, the simplistic acts aspect of uh, pornography. I think that's great. So, uh, by the way, your T-shirt is fantastic. Oh, thank you. <laughs> where, where, it, it, can, can we buy these Tadpole Triple X Studio T-shirts, or is that just uh, you got to work? Yeah, you can. Um, you could go on uh, Minivids. Uh, you have all our uh, mugs, T-shirts on there. Uh, yeah, just go on there and 
Order, order away. Awesome. Awesome. Yes. Order plenty. <laughs> order plenty. <laughs> That's great. So uh, this uh, this whole Smurf gimmick, I guess. Because uh, if you want to follow Sal on the old Twitter machine, it's Sleepy Smurf 16, I believe. Or six. Uh, six, six. Sleep, sleepy Smurf six, yes. Yeah. Uh, number one was taken. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 tell me uh, about the whole fascination with the Smurfs and everything, and why you've brought uh, that into your yeah. Post. That was just uh, a very last minute thing again. <laughs> it was one of those things where we were filming a scene. We ended up filming a scene with um, a young lady called Vivian uh, Lane. Uh, she was another girl who. Uh, was actually dancing at the time uh, she met uh, Ted, uh, Mr. Tadpole. And uh, she was the one who was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do a GB, a full GB. Uh, and I was like, oh, cool. And so um, he told me we were filming, and I was like, okay, you know, can you help me, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we didn't have enough guys, and he was like, do you want to join in? And I'm like, on camera? <laughs> I don't know. But I was like, um but he was like, okay, we got some masks that some of the guys are going to wear. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll put on a mask. I guess. That's great. That'll, 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 that'll hide my identity. Well, That's actually, it just points, it just puts a spotlight on you even better. Yeah, because... <laughs> you, know, like, you, ever see, you ever see, like, a roadie at a concert, and the roadie, you know, starts crouching down, and it's not to be seen when actually you can actually see him even more. It was kind of like that in my mind. I was just like, okay, this is... This is dumb. I'm just getting rid of this. Yeah, this, the, 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 <laughs> like a long ranger mask. It was just yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I whenever whenever I see the uh, the mask guys in porn, I'm always yeah. like, who's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're you're right. It just it just puts a bigger bigger target on you, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so John, sitting here listening to uh, M- Mr. Uh, Mis- Mr. Soaker, uh, the Super Soaker, uh, do you have any questions for, for our guest while we've got him here? Just basically, how did the Super Soaker thing come about? Was it, you can explain that part. Uh, just exactly what the name is, um, you know, at a, at a good cum shot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was my one talent. Oh, my God, how did you not know that? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was just trying to, you know, make sure, you know, there's people in the world that don't understand, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Jay, uh, we, 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 we have a, uh, we, we have a male, uh, producer porn talent here. I, I'm, I'm sure you have some questions for him. Oh, I'm sure I do. <laughs> <laughs> the reason why she's got the video turned off. <laughs> I did turn off the audio. So, so, um, do you guys hire special um, people for music in the background, or how does that work? Are there certain musicians that are in the porn music business that that uh, look into the psychology of what the music is? Uh, not so much. Um, as far as music, we don't really play music. I mean, once we started doing this as, you know, legitimate, you know, you can't actually play music or copyrighted music. So we, yeah, most of the time you don't hear music anymore. That's just something we don't play unless it's like non, non-copyrighted music. 
That I did not know that in the last yeah. few years. Yeah. Awesome. So how, how how do you find some of the some of the women that you have uh, involved in this? Because you you have you have shot with a lot of folks that have been on this show. Uh, one being uh, Anastasia Rose, uh, uh, yes. who is who is quite the little perv magnet. Um, <laughs> last time we talked to her, she was sad because she was on lockdown and her and her pool boy was not allowed to come over there, and uh, she thought her pool was an essential service. But. Uh, <laughs> So, t- tell tell me about some of the different folks that you work with, and 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 how you get them involved, and and how this all works. Okay. Uh, well, first we were just uh, getting girls that were you know just wanted to be in the first porn. Um, a lot of uh, strippers, you know, dancers. Um, we've had a couple. Uh, there was one of them uh, named uh, Camila. Was kind of the one that really got everything going. Um. You know, she was the one that uh, kind of, you know, was convincing uh, Ted to actually become a porn director. And so um, she was kind of not, she not, she didn't want to do it after, you know, talking about it. Uh, so that's when we met Vivian Lane and she was totally into it. And she was kind of like the one that really started getting it going. Um, so most of them were just dancers. And uh, eventually we ended up going to the Exotica convention, which unfortunately might not happen this year. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, just through word of mouth and through people watching our videos, the actual porn stars uh, like uh, Anastasia Rose and uh, Melanie Cummings and, uh, you know, Maria J, they, they started contacting us through either Twitter or any other uh, site. And they were like, oh, you know, we would like to be in one of your films and, you know, discuss the details. And, and then, uh, you know, it got done pretty much. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. We have, we have yeah. got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our broadcast. So, uh, you guys, uh, just looking at some some of the different talent and some of the different folks you've worked with, um, is this basically your specialty? Is the whole gangbang thing? Uh, yeah, that's one of our specialties. But we've also uh, done one on ones, threesomes. We've done uh, POV. Um, actually, you know, this thing has become so big that, uh, you know, Tad Poe, uh, Tad, he's, uh, actually directed a scene for Mind Geeks, who owns Brazzers wow. and True Amateur. So, I mean, yeah, he's actually directed one, uh, yeah, with a, a chameleon, uh, that's on online. That's so, awesome. yeah, it started getting, uh, yeah, so we're, we're doing a little bit of everything, but yeah, it's, our specialty is mostly a uh, gangbang, because there's not so much out there anymore in that uh, genre. It used to be a lot of it back, especially back in the day when I was working around, the, and it was just around, I want to say maybe 20, 2010, something like that. It started to slow down a little bit. We, how many um, producers are male and how many are female in the porn industry? Um, I'm not sure about that. I know there are a lot of uh, directors and uh, female uh, who own their own company, like... Um, there's a, there's a girl who her name is Casey right now who basically owns her own production out, off my geeks, and so um, yeah, there's a, there's a few girls that own their own company and uh, Riley Reed uh, owns her own company and she's making a ton, you know. How how many cameras do you guys have on the set? Uh, usually we only use one. Sometimes we use two. Um, right now, we're actually starting to film uh, virtual reality, so we just got a camera for that. So you'll be seeing those scenes uh, 
coming up, which are pretty cool to watch. You know, you can watch it. It actually feels like you're there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, the more the more clips go up, the more movies you make, the more money you make, the more equipment you can buy, you know? You know, you before have... we... Uh, go ahead. Do you have, um, like, um, scripts of, of or summary of scripts of what do you want to shoot? Not really. We're That's one of our niches. We don't do scripts. Um, I was never into the script thing. Ted was definitely not into the script thing. <laughs> so we just basically wanted to make these shoots kind of like we would do our parties. And it's like, I mean, we have a few little things here and there. But for the most part, we're like, you know what? Just be natural. Just do what you would do. Okay, just... And go at it, say whatever if you want to, you know, just have fun. <laughs> so there's no script. I mean, our, our shoots are never, I think the most that we've ever had was a three-hour shoot. I mean, most regular shoots we know are like between six and seven hours, you know, they're, because they're shooting all this and they're doing scripts and doing lines. We really don't memorize lines. It's, you know. So the, the camera uh, scenes are, are basically what you are in the mood to shoot? Uh, I mean, we have an idea we're going to shoot more or less and we just go okay we're going to do this 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 okay let's do it you know awesome that's that's pretty much it yeah we have got a uh, great guest with us today sal shooter the super soaker is with us and uh <laughs> browsing through your twitter timeline is very in, is very interesting because you 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 he's got his his stuff where he's marketing and he's promoting things. And then I see several posts that you've retweeted from the world of professional wrestling. Uh, are you a big wrestling guy? Yeah, yeah, I was since I, I was a kid, yeah. That's awesome. And uh, actually one of our other uh, crew members called Billy Bald. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I'm sure you've seen him uh, on my Twitter. Um, he's also a big wrestling fan. And it was just, you know, we would go sometimes to these parties and do our thing. And then we would just sit there during breaks to talk about wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's yeah. great. So you, you brought a whole new meaning to pile driver during the scenes. And yes, stuff. Exactly. yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, I see some of this, some of this stuff that you, that you've retweeted. What, what was your favorite era of, uh, of pro wrestling? What, what was, was it the nineties with ECW, WCW, WWE, or. Yeah, it was actually, when I first started watching it, it was actually in the mid-80s when this really started, you know, with the whole Hogan era taking oh, off yeah. and uh, that Superstars era taking off. And it was just like, that's when I just started watching it as a kid. And then, um, uh, yeah, I started watching the 90s. The 90s was kind of a rough time. Um, but then after, yeah, once the, the Monday Night War started taking off and it was just like, everybody's watching wrestling. And I had already known most of the characters, so it was just... Started getting into it again and watching it. Um, yeah. Now, this <laughs> I see you retweeted a, a, a tweet that Maria Jade sent out, where she's mm -hmm. doing a handspring. A, she's basically uh, topless, doing a handspring elbow, kind of <laughs> like the Great Muda. <laughs> Never seen this before. This is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, she's uh she's special. She's actually very very gun ho. She just likes to have fun and down for whatever. She yeah, she's a she's a great she's a great girl and we hope to film with her again. She was just yeah, a lot of fun. That's Everybody awesome. loved her. That's <laughs> awesome. So, or, what, shout out. What, what 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 do you think of the current uh pro wrestling product with all these uh these comedy wrestlers and Orange Cassidy <laughs> and all these freaks? 
<laughs> um, I haven't watched much of it. I mean, you know, so I'm so busy being a big porn star now. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I watched some of it here and there, and it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of hard. I mean, the, the guys that wrestle nowadays are, as far as athletes and doing the moves, are some of the best. But I don't know if character-wise are some of the best. The yeah, yeah the that Ric Flair type, you know that you know, Hulk Hogan guy that can just hit you with a promo, just isn't there anymore. So that's kind of lost my interest a little bit. Yeah, we yeah, hear. But that, I still watch somebody from time we, to time. We we hear that a lot when we when yeah. when, we, when we talk to people that that are pro wrestling fans or in mm-hmm. or even in the pro wrestling business. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I, I hope somebody gets it corrected at some point. Because, uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, try to, you, and you really can't go back to that era of uh, the attitude era. It just doesn't. And there's time. You just can't do it. Yeah. It was a special time. You know, times change and you just, you know, it's just, you just got to keep moving. Yeah. But I mean, I hope we see one. You know, I was a big fan of the host, Austin and. NWO and DX, it was just oh, some yeah. of the stuff they would say. I still watch it. And it still makes me crack up. You know, just like, how did he come up with that? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess before we let you go, my friend, what, what, what's some upcoming uh, projects that that we can uh, promote and, and help drive some people to do your stuff? Okay, uh, like I said, we're doing a uh, virtual reality. We're gonna do a lot of that now. Awesome. So check that out. You know, get your glasses and you will enjoy the experience. Um, as far as a uh, booking right now, I mean, everything's up in the air with this Corona thing. It's just, you know, it's been a killer. <laughs> I mean, yes. we were doing shoots, uh, you know, twice a month, maybe three times a month. And it's just slowed down to nothing in the past couple months. It's just, you know, which is, especially with our type of genre where we do gang bangs. It's really, yes. really hard. Yeah. You can't yeah. gang bang yeah, with yeah. social distancing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it exactly works doing that. But, um... <laughs> we're gonna try to be uh do uh, a few mini gang bangs something not so many guys you know it's yeah. four or five at the most and it's just you know make sure everybody's well as as as, as long good. as long as you keep the uh the the, the, the guidelines for social gatherings under uh what is it? <laughs> under 10 i i i, I, th- I think you'll be fine sir <laughs> <laughs> but then again, i walk in the news and i see all the the protesters out there they don't seem to be social <laughs> no, <other>. no. <laughs> Nobody does. No. Like, okay. No, I seen a, I seen a thing that, uh, today that I guess uh, in Arizona that there's footage of the YouTube guy, Logan Paul, uh, out there looting. And I'm like, well, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. he's not social distancing. <laughs> yeah, dude's like, what, worth $19 million? He's oh, out yeah. there stealing crap. He's out there stealing crap. Yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, if you're uh, well known, you want to be out there looting. At least not without a mask. It's kind of kind of. You won't see me out there, Looney. I think I would. Uh, well, you see the one where the South shooter is taking that TV under his hand. You see the guy that they <laughs> yeah. camera yeah. whatever, yeah. and he was like stealing Legos. Yes, <laughs> yes, there was that guy. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, he had the perfect nerdtang glasses, white dude, screen. <laughs> Well, Sal, I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for doing this. We, we really had oh, a fun time. And, uh, I hope if there's an Exotica in Chicago uh, this year, we can we can meet up and, and chat with you out there in Rosemont, yeah. Illinois, my friend. Oh, yeah. yeah I would love to see you. Um, uh, we're planning to be at AVN again this year. Hopefully it happens. 
Oh, if I if I don't get if I don't get my if I don't get my yearly trip to Vegas to see to party with the porn stars, I'm going to be deeply disappointed. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well, thank you, sir. Have yourself a wonderful Sunday. Thanks for doing this, brother. Really appreciate it, man. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank all you guys. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And uh, there he goes, uh, Mr. Tadpole, and uh, I, John I and Jay. Find Twitter. He is, uh, he's, he's quite entertaining. Uh, he was, uh, he, uh, you know, I was going through his timeline and you see all this stuff where, you know, there's all these hot chicks they're banging. And then I see this thing, uh, Chris Benoit slamming somebody and I'm like, what? He's a wrestling fan. <laughs> I got, I got to work that into the conversation. So, uh, <laughs> so we, uh, good, good to have Mr. Tadpole with us. And uh, Jay and John are are with us this week. Next week we will we will be, uh, as they say in the in in the main. Well, that too. Uh, I'd I'd love to have that show on RT if they uh, if if they'd give me that. But um, you know, I'll tell you, I I have been flirting with the idea of just uh, buying a lot, throwing some tiny houses up there, putting a giant fence around it, and calling it a day. I am so tired of society. <laughs> so, it, you know, I, I, I may just go off the grid at some stage of the game. Well, I won't be able to totally go off the grid because then this show's over. But, uh, <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, there'll be uh, a potential at some point, I, I, I think. That, that or I need to go, um, there is, a, there is a, uh abandoned church. That is for sale over by Brittany's house, and oh, I have sweet. and I have been thinking about seeing if I could just find it and buy it and just start my own religion. So uh, <laughs> I may just do that. The no drops Jiggy religion. Yes, the altar of Jiggy. The altar of Jiggy, or, or we could worship Midnight or Peter Man or somebody. Somebody. Well, you know. Well, uh, or Milo. I don't know. What well, what what worship somebody over there? This is Sean. There's Sean. How are you, sir? It is uh, Jiggy Jag and uh, Jaybird Wells and Mr. John Moser calling you for your radio interview. How are you, sir? Wow, quite an introduction. I'm well. Thank you. Thanks uh, for having me. We have got a great guest with us today. He is an author, uh, Sean D. Gorilla. I probably just uh, butchered that last name. He's a, seven, he's a 17-year veteran of law enforcement, a Medal of Valor recipient. He's provided material support to the FBI, the MBI, gang units, various local, state, and federal agencies. He's relied upon his extensive law enforcement training and experience to delve into the guilt of innocence of Lee Harvey Oswald, commissioning the first-ever 21st-century computer voice stress analysis of Oswald. This groundbreaking and innovative work together with his skill to set obtained in law enforcement produced startling results finally solving one of the most heartbreaking crimes in history using the assassin's own very words and actions that give the complete picture of what really is going on uh sean's book malcontent lee harvey oswald's confession by conduct is the result and you can get more information on his website s-e-a-n-d-e-g-i-l-l-a.com and uh, basically, Lee Harvey Oswald took a lie detector test and never even knew it. And uh, Sean That's is correct. with us. Sean is with us today here on the big program, sir. Uh, this is amazing. Uh, tell us a little bit more about this book. 
Well, you know, there have been over 2,000 books written, and how, you know, how many times can you say the same thing over and over again? So my perspective was, if I'm going to write a book on the Kennedy assassination, it needs to be something new, something groundbreaking, something that's never been done before. And I remember as a cop going through the process that I was given a computer voice stress analysis. So through my law enforcement connections, I called the number two guy in the world on computer voice stress analysis. And I said, hey, I'm writing a book on Oswald. I have snippets here. I think and some he's telling the truth and some he's lying. I said, here you go. Can you let me know what the results are? And it was just breathtaking to realize that, you know, I hate to use the word lie detector because that's not really what it does. But essentially, Oswald took a lie detector test and had no idea that he was, ever took one. Wow. Isn't that convenient? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, technology has come a long way. And even though we can't sit down with them and ask the control questions we would, you know, they would like, um, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's fascinating the way technology has now really caught up with crime and with criminals. Absolutely amazing. Uh, Sean is with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. So this book, uh, you've put a lot of time and effort into this book. There is a, uh, a whole host of things going on with this book. Um, you used computer voice stress analysis to assess Oswald's uh, veracity and uh, concerning statements he made in New Orleans on radio in August of 1963 in the press at the uh, Dallas City Jail. What is computer voice stress analysis, and how does this work exactly, sir? Okay, well, first of all, I'm not an expert on CBSA, so that's why I hired the, you know, the number two guy in it. But the way he explained it to me, the way that it can be understood by most people, is that the human voice has two frequencies, like an AM and an FM radio. So the AM frequency is the audible. It's the one we hear. And the FM frequency is one that uh, we cannot hear. And the gist of it is that when we are being deceitful, when we uh, are uh, not telling the truth, that that FM frequency dissipates. It disappears. And the disappearance of that FM frequency, so to speak, is what the CVSA measures. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so for example, when I took the CVSA for law enforcement, she asked me all these questions, and I was truthful with them. And she goes, okay, I want you to lie on this next question. And she was wearing glasses. She goes, when I ask you if I'm wearing glasses, I want you to lie to me. So I lied. And when we were done, she goes, okay. I said, well, can I see it? She goes, yeah. And sure enough, you know, I saw all these Christmas tree-like, you know, honest responses. And the one that looked like, you know, a hedge, you know, and it's like, uh, that's where I lied. And I had no control over it. Didn't realize I was doing it, but uh, it, it's amazing. In the recording for Oswald, you know, in New Orleans, he was asked, um, are you a Marxist? And he said, yes, I'm a Marxist. And that was true. And it came back truth, truthful. Uh, in Dallas, he was asked, Mr. Oswald, how did you hurt your eye? And he goes, a policeman hit me. And that's truthful. We, that's been verified. Um, and then there are si times when uh, he would lie. So, uh, like, he was asked, he said that uh, in New Orleans, he said he was discharged as a buck sergeant. Well, it's been proven that he was never, he was discharged as a uh, private first class. So, and it showed huge um, hard block stress on Buck Sergeant. So these are things we can verify. These are things we can, um, we can uh, attest to the veracity of his things. Um, and the CBA was, on, was you know, spot on every single time. 
Wow. <laughs> what do you and make? Actually, this is great. What, what, what do you make of this, John? I just well, did um, on the vocal but, stuff. Oh, sorry. I thought you talked to me. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go, go ahead, Moser. Yeah. I was just, um, I, I know there's other responses where your body does different things like that. I didn't know it did it on the vocal range. Is that what they're, like when they're doing the lie detector, are they testing, is that what you're saying they're testing? Is the vocal range? Because I know like sometimes people, it's, you know, your body just sits there and does different things when you're telling the truth and when you're lying. Is that pretty much the same lines as what you're saying? Well, for the CVSA, it's that's correct. But when you take a, uh, a polygraph, it's different because they measure your pulse, they measure perspiration, they measure your breathing. So they have different factors. With the CVSA, it's your voice, and it's the um, it's a little different. It's there are no known countermeasures to the CVSA as opposed to a polygraph. You know, there's things where you know you put tack in your shoe and or you know you sh you know you shift in your seat or you clench your muscles right. during a polygraph. You might you. You might be able to skew the results, possibly. Um, with the CVSA, there are no known countermeasures. And in fact, I put in the in my book, Malcontent, I found Oswald's toxicology results. And, of course, he was negative for alcohol because he didn't drink, and he was negative for barbiturate. So he had nothing in the system that would skew the results. Um, people say, oh, well, he was nervous. Well, a prime example of this is in the midnight press conference in Dallas, uh, they said, you killed the president? And he goes, no, I have not been charged with that. So in my book, no has hard block stress when he, he denied killing President Kennedy. And then, no, I have not had no stress because he had not been charged with killing President Kennedy until after that press conference. Oswald lied and he told the truth in the same breath and the CVSA was able to measure that. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. We have got a great guest with us today. Sean joins us here in our broadcast. He has got a, a just an amazing, amazing book about uh, Oswald. And uh, so, what Oswald statements did you subject the uh, voice stress analysis to? And what were some of your findings? Uh, was Oswald lying, being truthful? Uh, talk to us about all this. Well, kind of a, a smorgasbord of. Uh, I want to get truthful statements. I want to get ones where I thought he was being untruthful. So, for example, in New Orleans, when he was interviewed there by Bill Stuckey, questions about, are you Marxist? Yes. Um, Oswald was talking about his, you know, his, his biography. So, this chart is as a buck sergeant. We know that's a lie, and he lied. Uh, one question, which is very, by the way, every CVSA chart that I generated was published in the book. I didn't hide anything. I didn't, you know, everything is there. He was asked about fair play for Cuba in New Orleans, and he said, we've had members in this area for several months now. That one came back as being truthful. Now, we know that Oswald was a one-man band for, we believe, for the uh, Fair Play for Cuba Committee. So, you know, one thing that Jerry um, Crotty told me, Jerry Crotty from Crotty Investigations is the one that did the CBSA. Jerry said, hey, if somebody believes it, it's going to come back as being truthful, if they really believe it. So, did also have more members than just himself. Did he really believe such? We're not really sure. Was he living in such a fantasy world that he actually learned to believe it? We don't know. So that one is a little enigmatic, I must admit. Um, uh, he was asked in Dallas, did you shoot the president and did you kill the president in different um, times during the hallway, press, uh, hallway transfers? Well, did you shoot the president? 
came back uh, came back hard block stress. Well, he, it was extremely obvious. But then when he said, did you kill the president? It came back deceitful when he said no, but it wasn't hard block stress because there is a difference between shooting somebody and killing somebody. And the CVSA noticed a difference, and we think Oswald did too. He knew he shot President Kennedy. He may not have known he killed him. So that just implies that there was another person that shot him? No. Well, I'm sorry. What's, uh, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Does that, does that mean that there was a second person that shot him? No, because when he was asked, did you shoot the president? And he said no. That came back hard block stress. Now, when he was asked later on, did you kill the president? He still said no, but it didn't come back as pronounced as did you, sh did you shoot him? So he may not, Oswald may not have known he killed President Kennedy. We're not sure if he used the scope. He probably did not use the scope for the last two shots. So he may not have seen the result of his uh, fatal headshot. So we're not sure. So what that tells me is Oswald knew he had, he had, he had shot President Kennedy, but he was not sure if he had yet killed him. That's what that meant to me. So, in his own mind, did he think that there was somebody else involved then? No. Now, listen, I, you know, I don't see any evidence at all of Oswald being involved in anybody. I mean, it's possible. I don't want to shut that door because anything is possible. I haven't come across any evidence, especially studying Oswald the way I do, the way I have, and knowing him and you know, not having any friends and couldn't hold a job very well. I don't see him being a part of anything. He didn't want anybody to tell him what to do. He didn't want to be a part of anything like that. So I certainly came across no evidence of that. But, of course, we always have to be open-minded. And we have to leave open the possibility that that could have occurred. Now, how expensive is this equipment that you use? Can it just well, because, anybody use it? Well, that's the thing. So... Uh, George O'Toole, in 1975, wrote a book called The Assassination Tapes, and he used the PSE, which was the Psychological Stress Evaluator. It was in its infancy. There was no metric by which to compare it to. It was one of the first machines. And he took a three-day orientation course and, and went out and took his equipment and did his own results, which were highly skewed, and I proved it in my book. Um, it, I could have taken this course, a week-long course, and been certified in it, but that wouldn't hold any weight because I have no experience with it. I haven't, I haven't interviewed anybody with it. I haven't, you know, haven't been subjected to peer review. So uh, these machines are laptop machines. Uh, 2,000 agencies uh, around the country, around the world, use them. Uh, they are expensive. I don't know the exact cost of it, but you have to have um, – the whole key to this exam was you have to have somebody who uh, is very experienced in what they do that has a lot of um, exams under the belt and he's been peer-reviewed and published. And Jerry Crotty has is all that. Wow. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here in our broadcast. So, Sean, this, this book you've mm -hmm. put together here is absolutely amazing. Um, what did Oswald do the week of the JFK assassination that makes him appear innocent or guilty? Break that down for me and John and Jay here. My book deals primarily with his actions and his words uh, after the assassination. You know, when he applied the book depository, he lied on his application. He, he was a prolific liar. Um, you know, uh, so let's talk about right after the assassination. You know, would an innocent person uh, flee the scene? Well, you know, they might 
if they're scared, they're nervous, you know, their shots being fired or whatever. Um, but would you flee the scene? Would you change your appearance? Would you change your name? Would you arm yourself? Would you kill a policeman? Uh, would you do selective answering questions? So, for example, you know, I'll tell you about the vehicles and the appliances they had in Russia when I was there, but I'm not going to tell you exactly where I was during the assassination. Or I'm going to give you a couple different answers. So, in law enforcement, we call that the totality of the circumstances. Uh, it's not just one thing or two things, but you put everything together, his actions and his words, to me anyways, uh, screamed out. That he, he, no doubt that he's guilty. So, John, uh, sitting here listening to all this, well, Mosier, what, what, what do you think about all this, brother? Seems pretty incredible, but is this, like, something that would be admissible in court? Well, on my website, SeanDegrilla.com, there's a tab on there for the CVSA um, legal courses, uh, the legal cases, excuse me. So uh, if you click on that, they update the, uh, the courts around the country that have started to admit this into court. Um, so it's admissible in some jurisdictions and some others it's not. But I think what it is, it's a tool. So what it is, um, it's one thing for me to say, oh, you know, he's guilty, but what if I just, um, you know, what if we, let's apply this new scientific method and let's see what we can come up with. I think I, the thing I really think that testifies to its veracity is that on the stuff that we know Oswald was telling the truth or lying about, it absolutely showed it. For example, you know, being hit by the policeman and, you know, was he a Marxist? Yes. Um, all that kind of stuff. That absolutely tells me that we're on the right track because we can prove that. We can prove he wasn't discharged as a um, buck sergeant. So everything that we that came back um, being truthful or being a lie, we can prove. Wow. And as, as I do, will note, Jerry Crotty is the one that created these standardized questions for sex offenders for the computer voice stress analysis, which is used uh, around the world. So he's not just some guy that came by and, you know, got with the owner of the CVSA and the creator of the CVSA and started doing something. He's actually world-renowned in what he does. He's worked on the Michael Jackson case and on the Michael Jackson accusers and some other things are uh, in the works right now. Wow. <laughs> that, yeah. that is amazing. We have got a yeah. great, great, great guest with us today. Uh, besides this Lee Harvey Oswald book, have, have you worked on any other projects or anything that uh, that that people need to be aware of? Well, no, you know, you know, I'm 46 now, and you know, I decided, you know, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I want to write a book, which I did. This is my first of three planned books I have on him. I went back to school and received my bachelor's. I'm going for my master's at the end of the year. So it's just, you know, I'm a single dad, and it's, I've been really busy, but um, it's always something I wanted to do, and I felt compelled to do it. Uh, the time was right, and, I, you, know, you know, if people want to believe a conspiracy, even some of your hosts believe a conspiracy, that's fine. You know, everyone can believe what they want to believe, but I absolutely firmly believe Oswald's guilty, and um, I want to put my thoughts out there. And I thought, what are some innovative ways to do that? So, so the computer voice stress analysis has never been done before. Um, and analyzing Oswald's actions, his consciousness of guilt, you know, how would a guilty person, per se, act, has never really thoroughly been done before. And as a cop, those two things are right up my alley. 
We have got a great guest with us today. They uh, join us live here on our big broadcast. Sean R.D. Gorillas with us, and you can get more information on his website. And uh, our next guest is going to be with us here in just a few moments. Uh, one thing that I would like to know, uh, which has always been kind of bantied about with, with Oswald and, and all the different things with the JFK assassination, is they always said there was multiple shooters, there was this, there was that, there was all these different things. And a few years ago, they declassified a bunch of these uh, JFK files. And essentially, they had several backups <laughs> with, with people with yeah. guns. Um, if was it Was that because they didn't trust that Lee Harvey Oswald would actually take the shot? Well, um, you know, I, I'm not sure about that. I will say for those viewers or correction listeners that have not been to Dealey Plaza, they got to go because once you're there, it is a tiny, tiny parcel of land. Um, if you stand behind the concrete wall or the yeah. picket fence, it's so close. There's absolutely no way you can hide when you know you have 400 people in Dealey Plaza. No way you can fire a rifle and not be seen, not be heard. Um, if you go to the Sixth Floor uh, Museum in Dallas, you can stand uh, one window set away from Oswald and look down. It's a very, very easy shot. So I think what it was is Oswald just took advantage of weaknesses, took advantage of opportunity. Yeah. Um, and, of course, those all really closed up after the assassination. But um, I think really that's what it is. People have a hard time believing that a complete zero, a complete nothing can do this and you know, he kill he changed world history using public transportation right using the post office to order his 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 weapons that's just what he did it's it's fascinating so uh as we wrap up here john do you have any questions for uh for sean i just find it really fascinating i mean i the only reason I was asking is it admissible in court is because there's all kinds of little snags and stuff on things i actually the way you've been explaining it, I actually go along with everything you're saying. I'm just looking at your website that I finally now figured out the right spelling for your name because <laughs> I copied it down wrong. And I mean, you're you're pretty damn impressive. Yes. <laughs> oh, Skype buffered. Oh, yay! It might have locked up on me. I think it did. <sighs> okay. <laughs> well, we are going to do this. We are going to go to our next guest. Uh, they join us live here on the telephone. Uh, Very Alora, I believe, is with us. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Uh, pretty good, actually. We are having all sorts of fun today with technology. Um, I am going to do this. I am going to hang up with you. I'm going to take a quick little break, and I'm going to call you back. Um, but I'm going to call you back on Skype, so it's probably going to show up as no call ID. It is not me trying to refinance your mortgage or anything <laughs> like that. It is just a radio right. interview. So I will call you back here in about a minute and a half. Thank you. We are going to take a break. We are going to figure out this Skype uh, situation. I think I basically had too many things rolling at once. Which is fine, because I, I overload this production computer like nobody's business. Uh, I, I don't know why I do it, but I do it. Uh, here's this. 
the King of Blues! And I do this. And uh, I think we've got Jay back with us. And I think we've got John, maybe, somewhere. Somewhere over the rainbow, as they say. Uh, we are back from a Skype crash. Um, and we've got our next guest with us. Very Alora is with us. And uh, Very Alora is... Uh, uh, if, you, if you listen to her on the phone, she's quite the little perv magnet. Um, she has Elevated, which is, uh, a, uh, great single, uh, Texas Rockers Mary Alora have issued a brand new single, Elevated, which serves as the follow-up to their earlier successful single, Don't Make Me, which is something that I often was told to, uh, by, I, I, I've often heard parents tell their children as they're driving down the, driving down the road, don't make me come back there. 
And um, both of which were produced by legendary producer Michael Wagner, who has previously worked with the likes of little bands known as Metallica, Motley Crue, and Queen, uh, among many others. And uh, she is with us today. Very Alora joins us here on the old Skip Skype. And uh, so tell me a little bit about Very Alora. How, how, how did you guys get started as a group and all that? Well, so I've been doing music my whole life, but for the for the most part, um, at least right now, it's a lot of hired musicians. But it's the same kind of family group, just because everybody kind of needs some money when it comes to touring and stuff. But it uh, it started out as a little band that I put together when I was like 15 years old, and then that didn't work out because I was 15 years old and everyone was going off to college. But <laughs> in the next couple of years, but <laughs> so it ended up just being me, and I said, you know what, I just want to market myself and be a be a solo artist until I can, you know, find a band, and we're still kind of putting that together, but I've got the same, you know, people that go on tour with me and go on the road with me, and feels like they're my band and my, you know, my family, they're awesome. best guys ever, and it's just kind of uh, going from there, see where it goes. Awesome. Well, we have uh, Very Alora with us today. Uh, you can get more information, V-E-R-Y-A-L-O-R-A dot com. And uh, so you, you, you mentioned that uh, you, you, you tried to put a band together, everybody went to college, and now you're back, you're, you're doing some stuff. T- tell me a little bit about the, uh, the, the process to, to get everything put together for this elevated single. Well, I have to thank my manager, Johnny, for most of it, because scheduling and putting things together, I, you know, I feel like sometimes I'm the stereotypical musician that's kind of always late or never on time. I'm either like 10 minutes early or I'm 20 minutes late. It's never that perfect <laughs> middle ground of like getting things perfectly scheduled. So I probably wouldn't have all this put together. Well, I definitely wouldn't have all this put together for more for him. But, you know, I've been working for with him for three, four years now, and um, we ended up when I turned 18, we thought it was best if I move out to Nashville and, and kind of see how it goes from there. And then my my manager ended up, you know, he knew Michael Wagner, and it just so happened to work out perfectly that, that we were able to do this thing with him. That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, you being able to, to do all the things that you're doing, tell me about your, uh, your social media following. How, how do people find you on uh, Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, all these places? Well, it's all under Very Alora, and it's been under a couple of different changes. It used to just be Alora Witten, which is my actual name. And then we realized that there's a band out there that is called Alora already, and that makes things really confusing. So we were like, <laughs> you know what, let's just go with Very Alora. And that's kind of how it's been. It's on all of my social media. That's how you can find me anywhere, pretty much. I think I'm on everything at this point, except for maybe MySpace, but I kind of wish MySpace was back because... <laughs> I miss, I miss that. <laughs> yes, it was a cool website. It was a cool website. Hey, I, I'll tell you, a, a, a lot of a lot of people, uh, you know, learned HTML and coding from MySpace. So uh, <laughs> that that is that 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 is one thing that uh, that I think MySpace taught everybody was uh, was 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 coding and uh, and and everything else. So um, uh, tell me about the music scene where you're from. Uh, well, where I'm, where I was born and where I kind of grew up, there was none. I grew up like an hour, hour and a half outside of Dallas, in the middle of nowhere, in a little place called Poetry. All there were horses and 
Longhorns, so there wasn't a whole lot. But I used to drive into uh, to, to downtown Dallas every weekend to play music down in Deep Ellum, and I missed that scene. You know, I knew, feel like I knew everybody there. It was a whole lot of rock. There's a lot of other genres to play, but just about every time I was there, you know, a bunch of my friends would be playing shows, rock shows out there, battles of bands. Like, it was just, it was kind of like a stereotypical movie scene of what you think, like, a, almost like a strip of street that's just rock is, but it, it's so much greater in person. Awesome. Awesome. By the way, your website is is tremendous. Whoever whoever built that, uh, that 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 is pretty badass. Oh yeah, it's great. We just redid it uh, <laughs> beginning of this year, and I, I love it. I, I love it. It's amazing. I wish I could take credit for that, but you put me with the computer and told me to to program or set up anything, and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. If it's not music or video games, then I have no knowledge of it. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, uh, you bring that up. Uh, you're 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 a video game fan. Tell tell me a little bit about this interest. Well, it just it kind of sparked when you live in the middle of nowhere and you don't have anything to do. <laughs> I was, you know, for most of my life, I wasn't old enough to drive, so I was just like, well, I guess I'll play video games at home all the time then. And then as I moved out, it's like, oh great, you have responsibilities, and as an adult. <laughs> I can't spend my time playing video games anymore. So I don't get to play all that much anymore, but it definitely started when I was in uh, in elementary school playing on a, on a Wii because one of those just came out and my best friend had a GameCube, and so we just played video games all the time. Because when you live on a ranch and have horses, what you do instead is play video games instead of ride horses, apparently. Yep. <laughs> So uh, we have got Barry Alora with us today. So Jay, what 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 do you make of Barry Alora? Sounds de- definitely down to earth and realistic. <laughs> so Barry Alora uh, is with us today, and uh, she hit it out of the park with Elevated. Uh, she has really got a lot of things going. You can check out dot for more information on what she is up to so uh what is what is the uh the 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 music been like since you got moved and everything are you doing anything online well that too are you doing any anything online now that everybody's not doing music right now I'm not doing a whole lot other than I've started playing video games with my with my fans over on on Instagram when I can, which is is pretty fun. It's a it's kind of a, a use of my time. It's not necessarily productive, but it's fun. <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna start here in a little bit doing you know acoustic, uh, just some acoustic stuff live because you know from online because anything you can home, uh, it kind of stopped me in my tracks because we were going you know, two months on tour, two months off tour, and we were trying to do that all year, but we've got a little bit of a hitch in our plans right now. <laughs> we'll see how that goes after everything is said and done, but, you know, I'm more of a fan of that in-person, you know, getting to meet people, seeing people that might have followed me, you know, getting to meet them for the first time in person. Like, I, I enjoy playing for people online, too, but nothing beats that, like, in-person connection. It is uh, Barry Alora with us today. Elevated is the latest from her. And uh, so, what are some I of your? More about elated. Yes, go 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 ahead. Well, uh, 
that song is definitely a funny story. I wrote that when I was 16 years old, and like every 16-year-old who liked rock music, I was really angsty and really angry about everything. So when my <laughs> boyfriend broke up with me at the time, I was like, well, this is a song. Everyone needs to know that he's a crappy person. And looking back, I'm like, he wasn't that bad. We were just 16. <laughs> so it was kind of, it's kind of funny looking back now, and I really love that song for it. Because, you know, it's not super serious. It's just kind of fun. It's kind of digging at someone who probably doesn't even realize the song is about him or cares. Because <laughs> it's not really a big deal. You know, I posted some of my pictures on my uh, fan page, and uh, my ex said, Why'd you cut me out of the picture? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If any of the photos of me when I was, like, 16 really held up, I would. But they're all, like, concert photos with the, like, dark red emo and, you know, just wearing band t-shirts. Like, that was my entire existence when I was 16, was going to concerts and having, like, really shaggy hair. <laughs> It is very Alora. She joins us today here in our broadcast. Elevated is the latest from her. And uh, so, uh, talk to us about your social media following. Uh, just w what you do on social media, all these things. Well, I definitely um, I try to post when I can. I I'm not the biggest fan of social media. I love it because it gets me to connect with people. But I'm that kind of in person person i don't understand social media very well i know probably the only like 20 year old in the world he doesn't really get it but you know I, I do it when i'm when i think about it my favorite part about it is just like replying to people's messages when they comment on something just starting that conversation between people more than just being like hey look here's a selfie this is what I'm it's, it's way more than that to me i just love like creating that connection online because it's kind of fun. You never know if they're going to come to a concert one day or you're just going to happen to run into them somewhere. It's kind exactly. of awesome. That's, <laughs> that's kind of what I like to do with it. I think she gets it. She's got a good handle on social media. Well, I have a little help. Also, my mom yells at me sometimes when I don't post in a long period of time. She'll text me and be like, what are you doing? Post something. <laughs> Well, uh, Very Alora is with us. Elevated is the latest single, and we are going to play it here in a few. And uh, I appreciate you making time for us today, Very Alora. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Here in just a few moments. Hopefully, uh, we can get this going. It froze on me, and now it won't let me play the damn song. Now it'll let me play the damn song. Destro Kid, prolific. What is that? What is a Destro Kid? Is that like G.I. Joe? G.I. Joe and Destro? G.I. Joe You can also buy it on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, Tidal, iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio as well. 
iTunes and the old Google Play. So uh, that is Elevated, a little bit of Elevated. Uh, we want you to go buy the CD. Go buy the music. Go buy the record, as they say. I want you to go buy the record. So we are going to take a timeout. When we come back. Excuse me. Yes. Excuse me, we're taking a timeout. So. Like this. As soon as we. Okay, well, Peter went ahead and just turned the mic down. He's like, I'm done. I'm done with you. I'm done with you talking. And disturbing. So, uh. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. So, uh, we are gonna take a timeout. And when we come back, we are going to be rejoined by Jay Bird Wells, uh, Mr. John Moshe, the biggest star in the business, as they say. He's a big star. Her daddy, Nelly. What's Mark and Nelly doing these days? That's what I want to know. And uh, we are going to go to a break. And when we come back, we have got more coming up on the other side. It is the world famous. World famous. Cheeky Jaguar Radio Broadcast back here in a few moments. What I really like about the movies, I like the previews for some reason. I like to get there. I don't want to see just the movie when I get there. I like to see some previews first. I like that guy with that deep voice, like smoked like 10 packs of cigarettes. One man, one way. <laughs> one desire. They went too far. They broke all the rules. One man, Kermit the Frog, as a pimp. Where's my money? Where is it? <laughs> one man, one way. What a weird voice. That's the only thing that guy could do for a living, you know? He couldn't be a mechanic or anything. Hey, uh, how much is that transmission gonna cost me? An arm and a leg. <laughs> Just imagine having sex with somebody. That'd be hilarious, you know? Oh, yeah, the desire in your eyes. The passion between us burns with fire. You know, I, he always can take something stupid and make it cool. Can he? He'll always be like... In the city, you must fight to survive. He sold tortillas on the corner. And the mob wanted in. I don't know who this The biggest group of the early 90s is back together and on tour. It's the Four Non Blondes Reunion Tour. Hear Four Non Blondes live, performing their extensive catalog of hits, like this one. And this classic. This utterly, completely different song. Get your tickets now for the Four Non Blondes Reunion Tour with special guest, the other guy from Nelly Vanilli. 
When you wanted the best long distance rates, you dialed 10-123 in the number. Then it changed to 10-12-123. Now you can still get the lowest long distance rates. Just dial 1-1-10-12-10-8-30-52-64-123 and pay a low 6 cents a minute as easy as 1-2-3. Dial 1-1-10-12-10-8-30-52-64-123 between 8-30 and 10-52, four days a week for your savings prize. You'll feel like you've won one two on 1-1-10-12-10-8-30-52-64-123. 10 to 1, your sixth cent says six cents for two minutes will have you at sixes and sevens when you call one number 1-1-10-12-10. 8-30-52-641232. Got it? Long distance dialing has never been easier. To sign up for 1-1-10-12-10-8-30-52-641-23, call for your eight-digit PIN number and activation code. Hello, ladies. Do you enjoy your weekends? Would you like to enjoy a sensation designed especially for you? New from Lesbens is Beaver Liquor, a new adult beverage from the makers of Peter's Special Brew. Just listen to what women like you have told us. I'm not a big drinker, but it's remarkably easy to hold my beaver liquor. It's not at all harsh, and it has just the right amount of bite. I like the way my beaver liquor goes down, and it doesn't leave a bad taste in your mouth. At least I don't think it does. When I have my friends over, I make sure there's plenty of beaver liquor to go around because I want my guests to have enough beaver liquor to keep them satisfied. Beaver liquor, just for you ladies, at fine liquor stores everywhere. Oh, 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 boy. Yes, indeed, it is the world famous Chicky Jaguar Radio Broadcast. Welcome back to it. Find us on the old Facebook. Oh, the Facebook. Also, ChickyJaguar.com. The mix on Tuesdays as well, because it is the Sunday radio show. So we are going to do this. We are going to holla, 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 as they say. Holla, 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 We're going to holla at our next guest. He's going to join us here on the old Skip Skype, the old skype as they say. And uh, i got to get all the... Can you see me? I've got you. My God. It looks like I'm in the VIP lounge. Uh, we are. I'm, we trying, are, to, I'm we, trying to promote my drink. You know what I mean. <laughs> and, and let me uh, let, let me let me find all, all all of our fun people. I will have to say, I I appreciate the fact that uh, you have headphones on because yeah. <laughs> we did our first guest today. We did an interview with him. And I had okay. to educate him how you got to wear headphones when you do Skype, because he was it was feeding back, and I asked a question and I heard it sixty different times before uh, before it got to him. All this shenanigans. So I'm I, I appreciate that you have headphones on, sir. Yes. So thank you. Uh, we are gonna go to the uh, to the old Skip Skype. Yes, the old Skyperoonie, as they say. Forget about what you've heard. Uh, we have got John Mosier with us today. Of course, the, the fantastic John Mosier. Uh, we have Jay Bird Wells, who uh, looks like at the end of this whole thing, she's going to go uh, go hunting of some sort. I, I don't know. I would I would make some sort of looting. I was going to make some looting joke, but I'm like, you know, that's kind of <laughs> close to home. We don't need to be doing that big hooks. We don't need to be. We don't need to be making in. Although I do think it's funny that that Jake Paul or Logan Paul, whichever one of those guys, was uh, looting an Arizona mall when that guy's worth like ninety million dollars. What are you going out and causing mayhem for? So, uh, 
<laughs> we have got a great guest with us today. Um, he he sent me a, uh, in 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 the interest of full disclosure here. He sent me his Skype ID, and I went and added him, and it looked like Black James Bond. So uh, so I was pleasantly surprised when he picked up the phone when he picked up the old Skype Rooney here. Uh, I'll tell you, brother, you you have got. You need to be in the world of pro wrestling. You got so many gimmicks going on over there. You got a drink. <laughs> you got a record label. You got the merch. Uh, this shirt is phenomenal. You pull that shirt off well. If I wore it, I'd just look like a really idiotic looking white guy. But uh, <laughs> first of all, big hooks. Uh educate me and Jay and Mr. John here on uh why you are such a badass. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. Hi, guys. How you doing? Doing good, sir. Hi, Jay. How are you? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy. Man. It's an honor. Thank you for having me for, on the show. Um, my name is Big Hooks. Um, originally, I was born and uh, raised in Cameroon. That's uh, in middle part of West Africa, close to Nigeria. And then I moved to Germany. And uh, then from Germany, I start, in Germany, I started the whole movement with my own uh, independent level. I was an artist as well. Then I started managing artists as well. And uh, then I moved to the U.S., you know, which I've been, you know, expanding the brand since then. I moved here, like, say, eight years ago. But before wow. then, I was coming here doing shows, doing festivals with my artists, you know. So, um I've been, you know, you know, managing my artists, trying to get them gig, you know, you know, just to expand the brand. The brand is called Straight Team Entertainment. I'm the CEO of Straight Team Entertainment, and uh, um, I own the label. And uh, I'm big hooks. I'm an artist and signed myself under Straight Team Entertainment. And uh, before I was signed with Sony Music, uh, I had a deal uh, for a single, um, a single, uh, you know, single deal which I had with yeah. Kevin Gates, and um, then. You know, I terminated the day after. I just decided to do everything by myself. So I like, I'm a, I'm a very independent person, and uh, you know, I like to, you know, the DIY, do it by yourself. That's so, awesome. Uh, that's just all about me. You know, I I think it's great that you you had a deal with Kevin Gates and Sony, and you're like, okay, I I'm gonna go do this on my own. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, didn't yeah. Need a because, label uh, or any of this, it's great. Yeah. Um, the, the reason why I terminated the deal was because uh, I felt like, you know, they were taking too long because already um, I was already out there. The single was out there on the radio. It was already on TV, the video. And when, when, when I got the deal with them, we had a lot of staffing meetings. So it was just wasting my time. You know, I felt yeah, like, yeah. you know, uh, they just had control about everything I was doing, which I didn't, I didn't. I didn't feel like that was a setting that I want to be in, you know. So yes. I had to terminate the deal. And, you know, from there on, I've been moving smoothly, very strategic. And I think things have been very successful, you know, what I've been doing. Well, because the, the thing that I love about the music industry, uh, and, I'm, and I'm really glad to see that the radio industry has kind of gone this way too, especially. But uh, the music industry, there were so many years where these guys had all you artists by the balls. And there was, I don't know, probably 2007, 2010, 
I started noticing there's all these guys and girls who went, you know, I don't need the music labels. I'm going to go do all this crap on my own. Like uh, Anthony Gomes, uh, one of my good buddies, he's a blues artist. Uh, he, he could not get anybody to sign him. And then he went out and he created a blues record and he got to be the number one Billboard blues artist. Then he had all these labels trying to get hold of him and he's like, I don't need you. I'm number one on Billboard. <laughs> and so like with you, you've built your own record label. Uh, you've got right. artists and uh, you don't need these people. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm happy that I made this experience of being an independent label and being signed on the, uh, a major label. Because, you know, experience is the best teacher at the end of the day. You know, I can only share that, you know, with my own artists or people that I work with. And that's why I have this book coming up. It's called um, From the Music from the music to the Morning. You know, I have a book coming up and then I'm writing. It's almost done. So it's right there. I'm just sharing my experience, how to brand yourself and what is the experience that I made being on this uh, uh, independent level and the major level. And, uh, um, yeah, different things like scamming. It's a lot of it's a lot of things, man. In the music industry It's a very very tough business, you know. Yes. Um, yes. Did you say scamming? Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. Ju- I, I, oh, yeah. You, you, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Explain oh, to God. us this. Explain this, brother. Yeah. Some some of the nonsense uh, you've went through. Yeah, man. Like one example that I went through, you know, like a lot of people they always say things that don't they won't accomplish it, you know. And people always ask for a little money now and there to do things which they don't accomplish it. For example, I had a, um, this one guy in Miami, because I used to live in Miami, then I moved now. I'm, I'm living right now in Washington, D.C. area. Um, this guy had a gig where, you know, he was telling me that if I can open up for Feature, Feature is the artist, they have Lil Wayne, all of them. It was like a festival. So he sent me... Because I don't do anything without a contract. I always have yes. an agreement, you know. Yes. So I told him to send me like a contract, you know, agreement that, you know, uh, this show is going to take place. And he sent me an agreement, actually. So I I ran that through by, with my lawyers and they were like, okay, it looks good. It was a scam at the end of the day, you know. So the, the deal was like he, he said he will pay for my flight to come down to Miami. And I have to pay. Uh, I don't want to go with the figure. Well, yeah, he was yeah. Saying, you don't I, need to I do that. I have to pay with twenty five hundred. Yeah, to perform, but he's gonna pay my flight to get there and hotel. You know, that's just one example. He actually paid for my flight. I went down to Miami to go into the show. They told me that they don't even know me. <laughs> so I'm call- <laughs> I'm calling his phone. I love these I'm guys. Calling his- I'm calling his phone. He he blocked my number. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah so well that was, you know, that was one of the type of scamming that i've experienced being in the industry you know you know you, we've got we've got a great guest with us today big hooks joins us here in our broadcast and uh one of the things and and you bring up a you bring up sort of a a similar story uh that happened uh in, in wichita kansas uh, a couple years ago where i believe it was snoop dog uh was playing and the promoter <laughs> right. The promoter had rounded up all these local artists, and he had them pay all this money. And he got right. them all that he he at least let them all into the building. With you, he didn't even let you in the building. With, with, nah. with, with these guys, he got them all in the building. 
sat him in a room, and then right before the show was supposed to start, he comes into the room and he goes, by the way, I talked to Snoop Dogg, and they don't want any openers. Now, all these artists were like, oh, okay, and left. And there was only one guy, and I, I do this to put him over, and he knows this, Michael Game, who stood up and says, well, what about our money? <laughs> and the guy's like, I already told you, he don't want any openers. And Mike's like, right. well, yeah, but you got to give us some money back? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> it's, t talk to us about some of the other things that you've done, because you mentioned, you know, you've got a book coming out. Uh, you've right. got you've got a drink there. You've got the hats. You've got the merch. You've got the all the music. Tell us about some of the different projects you're involved in. Uh, like right now, I just released uh, two singles. One is called uh, "Ride with Me." It's right now on, on TV, all, all TV, or nationwide. The video we shot the video in Puerto Rico. Yep. With my team, uh, shout out to my team for that. And it's called Ride With Me featuring Remo, the hit maker. Remo is a producer I will produce for Chris Brown. And he produced for French Montana. He's one of those, you know, uh, platinum producers. So yeah. uh, shout out to him. That's one of the uh, projects that I have. Then I have another project, which uh, uh, I need to sh shoot the video. It's with Egyptian. Uh, Egyptian is a reggae superstar from Jamaica. And um, awesome. that is being released as well. And then I, I have other things that I do. I'm all about having my own product, which, uh, you know, branding. I have, a, a, you know, uh, a product here. It's called uh, Touch. You know, I'm partnering with Touch. Um, you know, Fat Dog. They're called the manufacturer's Fat Dog. It's a vodka, premium vodka. You have different flavors. You have another one, which is uh, Nirvana. It's also like a gene with CBD. And um, wow. I partner with them. Yeah. So... Um, I just I just had to deal with them and um you know I'm promoting that and um yeah they have they have different brand even the hat it's Nirvana they got like a charm uh, bracelets they got a T-shirt look at that so, so I'm big I'm big on you know having my own product and um, I have the book which is coming out the book is just for me sharing my experience like I was telling you guys uh, with the scamming situation that I had before. And it's just like, you know, um, any aspiring artist that is serious about a branding, um, you know, to move their career, you know, to the next level, you know, my experience that I'm yeah. sharing with them, you know, from, you know, branding yourself, know your style and be strategic, have a budget, you know what I mean? All the book, that book contains everything. So the book should be out um, like in August, which I'll be launching it. It's called um, From Music to the Morning, you know. So that's all I have right now. So, well, um, that's enough. <laughs> Good lord, yeah. I, I'm just amazed by all the by all the projects you're in, uh, John. Yeah, I, I, I still I still working. You know, what I mean, you know, success is my well, duty, awesome. man. It's my obligation. You know, that's everything awesome. I do. I always plan and you know, planning, take action and execute it. You know, that's what I do, and I do the same with my artists as well. So, Mosier, do you have any questions for our guest while we got him here? But besides where you got yeah. that shirt, because I, I, I want to get one of those shirts. <laughs> oh, I was just going to ask about his, his early time like that, you know, when they moved from Cameroon to Germany, then to the U.S. When did you move to Germany? What? How old were you? I was like you? 16. I mean, were you, what I made you like, go to Germany? Oh, yeah. Um, I went to Germany. That's a good question. I know they always, they always come up. 
Um, I went to Germany through my pop. My pop used to um, live in UK, and he had some property in UK and, and went to school there. So he had some friends in Germany. Then I actually went to school in Germany. I went to school. Uh, okay. I went to Germany to study actually through my dad. And but previously I already had. Uh, I really, I was already musically inclined. I love music. I know that's what I really want to do. And since I'm a hustler, I went to school. Then I was still doing music at the same time. You know. Then I started my own level in Germany. So awesome. growing up in Germany, I went to school there. I was doing doing like events. Uh, do my own event, do like shows, you know, bring artists and, you know, just to push my brand. Then I had a group as well. So I've been doing all of that since, since back then in Germany. Wow. And you just moved to the U.S. to expand? Yeah. I, I, okay. Yeah. While living in Germany, I was coming here, um, still managing artists, coming here for like shows. We would do like summer festivals and uh, some club gigs. And uh, yeah, then um, then I decided to move here, you know, due to family reasons as well. And um, yeah, so again, then just to expand the brand as well because we do English hip hop, and you know, the market is big here. Looking from the um, you know market perspective, that you know we could brand ourselves here more, and you know, make make the sales go higher. You know what I mean? I think you're intelligent, especially with the multi marketing you're doing with everything. It's like a lot of just amazing. Usually fails if you don't diversify yourself. You're gonna, right. you're doomed to sit there and having to completely start over again. So, I find it right. amazing and smart that you're doing it, the things you're doing. Yeah, thank you. Just uh, just amazing stuff. We have got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here in a broadcast, and uh, Big Hooks is with us. And uh, so your social media. Uh, talk to me a little bit about your social media because just looking at your Twitter profile and some of the other things that you've got going, holy smokes, you've got some numbers, my man. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, you, you can follow me every, every way. You can just Google me, man, which is B-I-G-H-O-O-K-Z uh, on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook. I'm very big on Facebook and uh, Instagram as well. I'm always there. You can reach me there anytime. And you can just Google me. You can find a lot of stuff about Big Hooks. And uh, everywhere you can find me. You can find me everywhere. You're never there. Anybody who's looking for me, man. <laughs> so uh, so the, your music videos, where where can we find your music videos on, like, YouTube? I know there's a lot of folks that uh, that, that that's where they get their music uh, anymore. Right. Yeah, I got a lot of music. I have the, um, the straight team site on YouTube. Which is STR um, eight then team, which is T E A M. Um, when yep. you Google that, you can find that on, on YouTube as well. All my music videos are under the, the company, and um, yeah, if you Google that, you'll find me. So this music video that you've got, which is right. which is pretty damn tremendous. We are gonna pop this up here for. Uh, our television viewers and social media viewers, Big Hooks and Remo the Hitmaker, uh, right with you. Uh, take me through this this video. What was because there's all sorts of stuff here. You're you're shooting at giant <laughs> giant houses. There's there's stuff that looks like drone shots. 
Uh, supposedly it was shot in Puerto Rico, which uh, it looks like it was shot in Puerto Rico. Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> tell us about all yeah. this, brother. We shot. We shot. Uh, shout out to my team, Eman Shoot. He was a director on uh, my homeboy Tito Grimes from New York. Um, I flew the whole team. We went to Puerto Rico. Shot the video. Um, the concept of, on the video is uh, me going to Puerto Rico, meeting a, a female. Uh, in the well, female right there where, you know, um, I had a show in New York. I had to leave. My manager was telling me we have to leave. And uh, I was like, no, nah, I just met somebody. I got to stay there and, you know, trying to <laughs> get the whole situation situation right with an individual or with a female. And, um, yeah, that's the whole setup for the video, the concept. And, um, yeah, we shot it in a whole uh, mansion. And uh, we had a drone. We had all type of equipment. And it was a good setting and a good experience that I made over there. By the way, how many damn costume changes did you have in this music video? <laughs> My God, I had, I, I had I had three <laughs> three costumes, three different outfits. Good Lord, I just you know th this th this looks like uh, this took a heck of a lot of time. What was the shooting like and the schedule and everything? Did you shoot everything in one day? No, we shot it in two days. Wow. We shot it. Uh, we started a whole um, because we, well, we had we had the mansion and um, the main model kind of disappointed us. So we had to find uh, the other, you know, the female, which you know was in the in the video. We had we finally got her like late. So we started shooting late and we finished it the next day, and then we did a, we did the other scene on the beach, and um, yeah, it was a very successful uh, shoot, and I'm getting a lot of good feedback and support. You know what I mean? So what was what was the what was the disappointment in the model? What was she just not that hot? What was she kind of a bitch? What was what was the, what was the reason? You see that that's one that's one thing, yeah, man. It's a lot of people know really in this industry. You know, a lot of people will tell you things that don't do it. You know, we had an appointment with her. We gave her advance, and we were supposed to have a DJ as well. The DJ didn't show up. Oh, okay. the DJ, yeah. So it was. You know, I mean, for me, I always take any situation as a learning lesson to just improve myself. And uh, that's all. Awesome. It was disappointing, but uh, you know, again, you know, disappointment is a blessing. You know, so it came out good. So this, what was the most... go ahead, Jay. Go ahead, Jay. I was just gonna ask, what was the most uh, difficult thing about about filming it? Oh, uh, the most challenging thing about filming it. Um, yeah, it was it was to get the models. You know, like. Getting them, um, they took a lot of time, makeup, and um, it took us some long, some time. We should have shot it all in one day. So to get her first to come and get her outfit straight, you know, that took us a lot of, that was a little challenging there, but um, we, we finally got everything in control. And um, then uh, getting things like the, the car we, we we're supposed to use, the person didn't bring it. It was all challenging that we keep calling, and the director was calling people. That's awesome. And it was just, it was just all in stress, stressful, wow. you know, situation. And but we, we almost like a wedding. Something's bound to happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So, so basically, uh, what is what is the pre-production process like to uh, to get this going? Because, like you said, you set up the model, you made a deal. And then right. that went south, and you you had something to do with the car, and then that went south. Uh, 
<laughs> what 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 is all this like? Uh, yeah, Jiggy, um, first it's all about planning. Like I said, you know, yes. you, you got to have a proper plan. You know, if you don't have a proper plan, you can't uh, execute correctly, and the result is going to look like what we had. You know, so we we plan everything, had a concept, and again, you know, got disappointment, some disappointment, which we kind of adjust everything uh, in the whole process, and yeah. So we planned it. Then we, we took. I took. I flew from DC. They flew from uh, New York. Uh, my my director and uh, uh, the video guy. So we met in Puerto Rico, and you know, went there, started shooting the next day. It was a lot of fun, but the disappointment there was good. Uh, it was okay. It was a learning lesson. Uh, then they had some people out there. The call. They brought the, the cars that we used in the background at night, and uh, yeah. So it was more, more, you know, more about planning. Um, the plan went as you know as we had, but we had this disappointment with the with the model and um, the DJ that didn't show up. So yeah, we had a you know very good outcome with the video, good result. So uh, when when you guys get this get this video put together and right. you finally get everything done, you know, the car shows up, the model's in a good mood, every. <laughs> <laughs> Every, everything works. Um, right. How quick is it before you get the video back? You know, do, do they do they edit this pretty quick and get this to you and you get it uploaded, or how how, how does yeah. all that work? Yeah, um, the director um, took like a week or so to uh, you know do the post production. Sometimes he could do it faster, even within two days. You know. We shot that video two days. Then, uh, we, we, you know, within like a week, he sent me like uh, the draft, which I look over it and make sure everything is right with the color grading and all the scenes are right, the transitions. It's a whole process of things that are, are you know, and I use I edit video as well, so that's more easy for me because I do editing. So um, awesome. Then when when he sent it to me, I took I took a look and um yeah correct some few things corrected some few things and revised the whole some scenes that doesn't look right and yeah that was it and that's the post production and then uh, um once it's finished I have to set a plan how I want to market the video because marketing yes. is the biggest thing about it you know yes uh, you know doing the marketing and promotion that's where you need more money you know to invest in it. So as I always tell all artists, you have to invest in yourself because you can shoot the video, have the best video. If you don't pro if you don't promote or market it, it's not going to go anywhere, you know. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you've got a lot of views on uh, on on social media. You've you've put a lot of uh, time and effort into this. Uh, when is the book coming out? The book is coming out like August. It, yeah, Jiggy is all about investing in yourself and uh, uh, making, taking, you know, uh, the right amount of action in what you plan to do and invest properly in yourself and you're going to see the results. That's what I've been doing, you know. And uh, uh, the, the book is coming out in August, like I said. Uh, I plan to release it in August. And uh, I have this video that's out. Then I have another single. Then I'm going to drop an album. Uh, which is more like an Afro um, hip hop. Same around same time in August. That's awesome. 
That's awesome. So uh, with with all this uh, marketing and, and, and doing all this, you also work with a lot of different artists. Um, what, what What have you been able to pass on to them uh, that, uh, that just some of the different mistakes that you've made to, to basically tell them, hey, you know, don't do this. Don't, 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 don't talk to these people. You know, things, 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 things like that. That's a good, that's a good question right there. Cause, um, again, I'll, I'll come back to the book. That's why I'm writing this book. And, uh, I want to tell all aspiring and serious artists to get this book in August, because I'm telling a lot of things in there, how to brand yourself, uh, what it takes to brand yourself, the marketing process. And it's all about investment. You got to invest in yourself. You got to believe and invest in yourself. If you don't invest in yourself, you're going to keep doing the same thing and you're going to keep getting the same results. You don't want to do that. So um, the music itself, it takes like 10, I would say 10%. I always put like 10 to the 90 rules. 10%, you record the music, then you want to invest like 90% in marketing for you to see the result from your product. And it, it takes the same thing, everything, everything you're doing, if it's music or any product, the marketing takes the biggest part, the biggest part of the budget. So that's what I tell my artists. Yeah, you can you can have the best song, even Drake or even Fifty Cent. All of them invest in this in themselves. Any hit song is been you know you have to market it right. You have to put some you know have to have a budget behind it, and have a team is very important too. Have a team that supports you, that are, you know are loyal to you. And, uh, yeah. That's great. So, John, uh, do you have any you have any more questions for Big Hooks while we've got him here? Hey, it's going to sound weird, but, I mean, <laughs> I've been yawning through this whole thing because your voice is so calming. Thank you, man. Thank you. I know it's, it's weird, but, I mean, I'm just like, uh, you should do, like, books on tape or something, and that way, you know, people could just be like, oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you, man. It's the accent. Yeah, I know. It's just it's just real calming and soothing. So, how are you Thank doing? You. Thank <laughs> you. <man. laughs> That's not trying to pick up on you. Don't worry, guy. Don't. Worry. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I was. You know, Jay yeah. does. Jay does like black guys' big hooks. <laughs> oh yeah. He likes to stalk people too in a nice way. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> on social media, it's not like she's going to show up outside your doorstep. So don't worry about it. <laughs> well, uh, well, big hooks. We are going to play your tunes. Uh, I appreciate you being with us today. Thanks for uh, coming on and chatting with John and Jay and me. And uh, I will talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you for having me, man. Thank Definitely. you so much. Definitely. Well, uh, we are we are going to uh, also next week, we will be on the road on assignment, so uh, we won't be here live. But uh, Big Hooks, I, I will talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. Thank you, man. Appreciate, appreciate it, brother. Thank you, man. And there yeah. goes Jaybird Wells, John Mosier, Big Hooks, and uh, all the Ooh. fine feathered friends, as they say. And uh, I am going to try to attempt to play this file. We have had all sorts of fun today with media. Uh, our Skype locked up on us. We had uh, 
all sorts of shenanigans take place today. So I'm going to see if I can find this song and if this song will let me play itself. Because I even even did a thing earlier today where I had a file and I went to go play it. And it didn't even let me play the song. So we are going to see here if I can find these and see if they will play. And if they play, the more in business. If they don't, we're screwed. So <laughs> I'm going to see if uh, we can get this going. So Big Hooks, it is Break You Down. And uh, we are going to go to that right now. Here on our big program. Big hooks and Things have 
That's Big Hooks. He joins us today here on our big broadcast, and we are going to go to uh, the next track. It is a fantastic song. You've seen a little bit, well, you basically seen the video earlier, and uh, it's right with you, and it's here on your world-famous Jiggy Jaguar Radio Broadcast. The big show, as they say. I'm just trying to get some vibes with you. Cause you got a thing for me. Cause you got a thing for me. I'm just trying to get away right with you. Cause you got a thing for me. Cause you got a thing for me. Lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.